Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another lecture for season 10 just for all you ego hackers out there. But uh, this particular episode is not necessarily about ego hacking. We're going to be talking about uh, how INTJs compare to INFJs. And uh, this is probably one of the most requested lectures uh, these days. Uh, since, like, I mean, a lot of people have been going through the various uh, playlists uh, on... They've uh, um, been going through a lot of the various playlists here on the YouTube channel and also uh, for, like, the podcast and whatnot. Uh, just by the way, like, I would like to mention that, like, if you don't know how to navigate the YouTube channel, like, seasons 1 through 21, although there's a couple of missing seasons, and I'll explain that in a second, they largely exist on... Uh, on the uh, YouTube channel specifically for you to figure out, you know, by subject to learn things. Like, I get that a lot of you folks like to cherry pick videos on this channel, and that's fine. You can cherry pick as much as you want. But I mean, if you're going to be one of those uh, butthurt, uh, you know, for example, NFPs or STJs that are just watching your your own, uh, like, you're, like, say, for example, you're like an INFP, right? And you go watch the INFJ channel because you think for some reason you're an INFJ because that's what the test told you, you know? Then you're going to be like, oh, now he's so rude and I'm not that way and err. And then you like don't even want to listen anymore and then you just leave and never come back, right? And then eventually you do come back because you realize you may actually be wrong about that. But consider for a second that you might be mistyped. And if you are mistyped, uh, you're obviously not going to resonate with the video. But if you are actually typed uh, properly, then you will resonate with the video. You have to understand that. But here's the thing, though. You can't just watch just one video. You know what I'm saying? Every single video on this channel is connected together in some kind of grand narrative. If you want to understand like the entire story about what it is we're talking about here, you might want to spend the time and guess what? watch the 200 plus uh, episodes that we have on this channel or on the podcast. It's actually worth it. Uh, why is it worth it? Well, you get to see the whole picture, right? I'm an ENTP, okay? And everything for me is about the whole picture, the big picture. It's not about being singularly focused on one thing. It's about getting everything done eventually. It's not about having that one little singular focus, etc. So, Anyway, trying to adjust the camera there so it's not like shaking uncontrollably. I think I got it better now. So, uh, anyway, that being said, uh, how do INTJs compare to INFJs? So, why is this the rarest or um, why is this most requested lecture? I think it's because these two types out of everyone are the types that end up trying to understand uh, anything that has to do with Jungian analytical psychology. They first get into something called the MBTI, which for those of you that are not aware, I'm actually against the MBTI. I think the MBTI is a, basically a crock of crap and uh, throw it in the dumpster and uh, light it on fire and throw that dumpster fire down the hill. I really don't care because the MBTI is nothing more than a test and that test is inaccurate. I would say that test is only up to 40% accurate. And that's based on metrics that we've created by analyzing people on our own Discord server, right? We have over, last I checked, we had over 1,200 people on active on the Discord server. So it's a really big uh, community that we have, which is fantastic. Uh, special thanks to the uh, moderator team for making that happen, which we really appreciate and whatnot. But, but still, like, 
from a Discord point of view, 40% accuracy with the MBTI test based on our own metrics of our own community. That's pretty sad. So those of you who are new to the channel, like watch out. If you think that you're typed a certain way because some kind of test told you, you're wrong. <laughs> like, sorry, statistically, you're wrong. And you're probably a TE user who's not verified and then using like the reference point of the, uh, um, using the reference point of the test uh, to do that. Who are TE users? STJs, uh, NFPs, SFPs, and NTJs. You guys are the TE users and you're more likely to believe what the test tells you instead of actually verifying it for yourself. More likely. Not saying that's what's actually happening, I'm just saying that that's likely behavior for TE users. Uh, so be aware of that. So at least spend the time verifying. I actually spoke to an INTJ yesterday who was TI critic, was bothering him so bad that he just had to verify who he was. He asked me for assistance, I provided the assistance. It was fantastic. I'm very happy to have been there for him and to help him verify. Um, so yeah, but uh, this is the most requested lecture. And again, why is that? It's because people who introvert intuitives, uh, so INTJs, INFJs, INTPs, INFPs, are the biggest audience when it comes to anything MBTI or Jungian analytical psychology or depth psychology related, right? For some reason, these types just really, really, really struggle. Uh, it's because they don't really understand themselves and they don't understand other people because they're trying to compare themselves to other people or they're trying to figure out why, you know, when it comes to life, they're constantly, you know, picked last or, or alone or they can't really interface with other people or they get highly sensitive. For there's a ton of different, there's a plethora of different reasons as to why and they're just trying to find answers, right? Well, it's no different for these two types. Why is that? Because guess what, folks? These two types are the rarest of all the types. And I mean rare, the rarest of the types. INTJs, 1% of the population. INFJs, 0.5% of the population. One out of every 100 people on this planet is an INTJ. One, uh, uh, one person out of every 200 people is an INFJ. And then when you break it up in terms of uh, male, female, gender, it gets even worse. If you look at uh, female INTJs, they make up uh, like... Uh, 1% or potentially, uh, or it's 20%. It's extremely low. I would say, let's say it's 1%, right? I mean, I, I'm guessing there, so take that with like a huge grain of salt. I've read like different sources on that, so it may not like be the most accurate thing, but the INTJ female is insanely rare, uh, whereas the, uh, the, uh, the male INFJ is also pretty rare because there's more female INFJs than there are male INFJs, and there is more male INTJs than there is uh, female INTJs. So there's a lot of rarity there. Um, so like 1% of the 1%, right, uh, is, uh, is the INTJ female, and then it's like the reverse side for like the males. Uh, the males are even rarer than the females uh, INFJs. So understand that like gender actually skews the numbers even more. So just because, you know, you say like, oh, this type is more rare than the others. Well, <laughs> that's nice, but then you have to drill down into the data and look at, okay, well, hold on. How does gender compare? And gender makes it even harder for these two types. So, but anyway, I would like to state though, that these two types are literally my most favorite. Uh, I love INJs. INJs are the dopest. Oh my gosh, they are so amazing. 
I love INJs. Uh, most people think I hate INJs because when they join this channel, they're like, oh, you know, I watch the Who Are the INFJs and you really, you just really crap on us pretty hard. Er, you know, you, you're obviously biased and, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, how dare you, you know? And it's like, yeah, well, all the other INFJ folk out there, like, for example, these people who claim to be INFJs, it's all about sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and rainbows falling out of their butts. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, no, that's not actually what happens. And I think the reason why, folks, is because you have INFPs who think they're INFJs. Because guess what? The culturally accepted definition of what an INFJ is, is actually an INFP. So when people read about INFJs, they're actually reading about INFPs. And it's like, this is like everywhere, okay? You'll find this on a whole bunch of the other YouTubers out there and I'm not calling them out. So like, seriously, I'm not calling them out. Like a lot of them are pretty cool people. Like, like for example, Frank James, that guy is really cool. Let's be honest. He even called me one time. I really like the guy. I think he's fantastic, but you know, um, and then there's also, um, there's also, you know, like, like Love Lou, for example, she's really nice. She's pretty fantastic as well. You know, I like a lot of these YouTubers. Uh, Eric Thor messaged me one time, you know, congratulating me on success. That's great. Don't really have much uh, exposure to uh, Dave Powers, uh, Dave Superpowers. Um, I watched like three of his videos like a year ago and whatnot, but like never real or not a year ago, like many years ago, like six years ago or something like that, maybe five years ago, long time ago. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Um, but the one, the one YouTube channel that I really do enjoy in terms of typing is, is actually Brian Chambers. I, I really do enjoy Brian Chambers, uh, work at times because he's not completely focused on, uh, psychology, although he talks about it. Uh, he's got a really well-rounded channel, and I think he's definitely doing things. Now, from a psychology standpoint, do I agree with everything he says? No, not really. I wish he would talk a little bit more about, like, the four sides of the mind. But uh, but he has a pretty decent understanding of cognitive functions. Um, and, like, I actually reached out to him a long time ago to collab. He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, man. It's all good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, so anyway, but... The point is, is that when people are typically, especially introverted intuitives, they almost always end up on like the Who Are the INFJs lecture, which is like season three, uh, episode um, uh, like 12 or something like that. I think it's episode 12. So yeah, season three, episode 12. And if you just read the comments of that lecture, it's just insane, you know, or if you go, and, and sometimes you can actually read the comments in the Who Are the INTJs video, which is episode 11 for season three, and it's like, holy smokes, like, what is going on here, people? But yeah, I mean, these two types, I mean, typically can be the most misunderstood of all the types. Guess what? ENTPs, I could technically say, are the absolute misunderstood, and people are like, hey, I am biased, right? Yes. C.S. Joseph here. I am biased. I admit it. Get over it. Like, seriously, get over it. Um, everyone is biased. Like, if you think that no one out there is truly biased, you're out of your mind. And it's usually an INFP or an ISTJ out there who's claiming that they're unbiased. And to which I'm going to say, I'm sorry, folks, you're actually the most partial out of everybody. So don't even go there with me. Like, seriously. 
and just you wait till I release the how to social engineer INFPs, <laughs> you're gonna find out that that's like not actually like, oh, because you may not think it's that easy. It's really easy to social engineer an INFP. Like it's really easy. So like don't, <laughs> don't like, like get off the high horse, please. Get on the pony. You know what I'm saying? Get on the pony. Yep, that is like literally uh, my new uh, ism these days. Uh, my new uh, C.S. Joseph uh, statement. Um, hashtag get on the pony. Like seriously, get on that bandwagon, folks, because people need to realize that when you're on your high horse and you're being like arrogant, conceited, and like lacking in humility, you need to get on the freaking pony. Like seriously, the pony's still gonna get you to where you need to go, but you don't have to be all arrogant about it, right? And of course, at this point, you know, the audience is like, oh, wow, Mr. C.S. Joseph, I actually think you're one of the more arrogant people I've ever met, so maybe you need to get on the pony. Like, trust me, like, I'm trying to get on the pony here. Like, I need to get on the pony. So, hashtag get on the pony, you know. So, I'll lead from the front, but I'll be on the pony, if you know what I'm saying. Because, like, and we need to, like, pony up, right? Like, seriously, pony up here. Um, that's the issue, you know. Arrogance and pride is a problem. And guess what, folks? Why am I talking about pride and arrogance? Because these two types really struggle with that. We're going to be talking about that today. You know what I'm saying? As like, hashtag no hands, right? So, anyway, season 10, episode 7. That means we got one more episode after this. And I'm so excited because that means we're going to be completing another season finally. Don't forget what seasons are open still. Season 10, season 14. Uh, we also have season 17, season 18, and season 21. So we have five seasons for what we call the basics. There's also going to be season 22, which is only going to be available if you are on our email list. Season 22 is only available if you're on our email, because we're only sending the link out to watch those on our email. And I know you guys don't like getting spammed by people, but you're going to want to get spammed by us. You know what I'm saying? Because... You're going to get private lectures. Even if you're not even a Patreon member, you still get that lecture. Now, if you are a Patreon member and you're not on the email list, that lecture will still be made available to you. So, like, don't worry about that. We got you guys. We got our patrons. Our patrons are the dopest. Don't worry about it. We got you. But season 22, we're going to be talking about cognitive transitions, okay? And then season 23, we're going to be talking about maturity. Or maturity. So... But yeah, anyway, seasons one through 21 are the basics. They are the absolute basics. It is the foundation of the science. It is the foundation of depth psychology. And then above season 21, we're getting into intermediate uh, intermediate subjects. And it's going to be amazing. And then also we're going to be launching Ego Hacker. And uh, I, th I think you folks are going to definitely love what we're going to be doing with Ego Hacker as well. Uh, we're also going to be working with some other people to get our production quality up. So, but anyway... Uh, so yeah, these two types are the rarest of the rare. How do INTJs compare to INFJs? So typically we've seen, you know, people as INFPs who think they're INFJs or people who think they're uh, INFJs, they're really INFPs or like vice versa, back and forth. I haven't really had as many INTJ versus INTP folk confusing each other. It's more of INTJs confusing themselves with INFJs it's because the, leather, the, the letter dichotomies of the MBTI test are absolute crap. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sorry, like, Isabel Myers, if you're, like, twisting in your grave right now, get over yourself. Like, seriously, just seriously get over yourself. You created an inferior system. I'm sorry. Like, it's inferior. Thank you for getting us, at least to this point, though, because the way the collective unconscious works kind of needed your work to actually be able to get to this point of understanding, but I'm sorry, your work is outdated. It's time for us to move on to something better. You know what I'm saying? Cognitive functions, four sides of the mind. Let's actually take control of our cognition and our psychology for once as a race mainstream it let's create some laws based on this stuff so we're not harming our children anymore or our relationships and then uh, start reaching a higher uh, quality of life on the earth as we know it because guess what everyone like literally knows uh, everything there is to know about this so I have no idea why I'm actually wearing these because like I don't even care um, kind of odd but great so awesome so INJs, my most favorite of all the types. Now, don't get me wrong. I love all NJs. I love ENFJs. I love ENTJs. I think I think they're fantastic. I had the honor of dating all of the NJs in my life. And uh, I have to say, I, you know, while I did have some bad experiences with each, I had some really, really good experiences um, uh, with, with each of the NJs in my life. Uh, some of them taught me some different things. Um, like the ENFJ that I was with for four years uh, taught me more to be more human and also take responsibility as a parent um, and kind of prioritize things uh, higher, you know, from a parenting point of view. And I'm very thankful and grateful to her for, for that as well. Um, the, uh, the ENTJ I was with uh, really helped me, uh, you know, from a business standpoint, develop habits of getting organized, which is also pretty fantastic. Uh, the INFJ that I was with kind of helped me learn how to enjoy life a little bit more and not be like such a workaholic all the time, even though, guess what, folks, I am a workaholic. Uh, and uh, the INTJs in my life, you know, taught me uh, the value of, of family, for example. And also, uh, it's interesting, even though they have like Effie Trickster, uh, they also taught me like the value of human relationships, you know, because honestly, I took a lot of relationships for granted, right? And I come to realize like with INTJs specifically, even though they have Effie Trickster, the few human relationships that they have with their fellow human beings uh, and those social interactions are extremely valuable to them, absolutely valuable to them. And, uh, you know, and I don't want to get in the way of those relationships because you know, and especially like take it from like an INJ standpoint, and then both of them have this issue. If they are not inter if they're not interfacing with other people, then their growth is actually like grossly inhibited, right? And that's a huge risk that uh, you know INJs have. Um, you know, and it's not exactly uh, it's not exactly like the healthiest thing. You know, so for those INJs out there who are kind of like shut-ins and whatnot you're not having relationships with other people, you're not going to grow. I'm sorry, that's a fact. And it's especially worse with INTJs because they don't have Effie Parent, which kind of forces social interaction on them. And it's a lot easier for INFJs to interface with people than INTJs. This is why I maintain INTJs actually have the most difficulty of all of the types with potentially the exception of INTPs, but still INTPs have FE, so they can still get through social interaction if they can just get over their social anxiety. But INTJs, especially INTJ women, really, really struggle uh, with interfacing with other people in a social setting or, have, or being able to maintain social relationships on a regular basis. And 
it's very difficult for them to do so because it's very draining. It'd be very emotionally draining for them to do this, right? And and I'll admit, like I've even emotionally drained INTJs, especially INTJ women, uh, and uh, it's just not like it's just not the best thing, you know, you know, for them at times, uh, based based on that. So. It, it is what it is, right? Like, it happens. The thing is, though, in order for an INTJ to grow, they need to have relationships with other people. And that's one of the things that, you know, me being in relationships, uh, intimate relationships with INTJs, I have learned the value of relationships more from their type than anyone else. And it's funny, because you'd think that I learned that from, like, an NFJ. And, like, no, no, actually, I, I really learned it from an INTJ, because it's... It's really hard. It's really hard for them because, you know, they, because of how just impacted they are by people around them and how sensitive they get around people. They're just super sensitive to it because that FI child is just like, has like endless sympathy for other people, but they have to be careful with who they allow themselves to uh, spend that sympathy, you know? And for all those out there who think like INTJs are like empaths, like you're absolutely wrong and uh, get that idea out of your head and into the dumpster, that's not true. INTJs are sympaths because FI is sympathy, okay? They are sympaths, get it right, okay? Whereas uh, INFJs are the true empaths because they have FE parent, though they are empathic. I'm sorry, like get over it. Like you have to understand that FE equals empathy and FI equals sympathy, okay? So empathically speaking, like, uh, and sympathically speaking, get your terms correct, please. It would be very helpful. But like, here's the thing. INTJs, for example, they only have so much to give with their FI child. They only have so much, and they can't just give that to everybody else, you know, so. And, you know, regardless of the drama in my life, you know, like in terms of like relationships that I've had in the past uh, with INTJs, I still appreciate, you know, being able to have learned so much from them and learning from their behavior on a regular basis. Um, You know, because, for example, uh, being able to... um, like understand how they value and understand their value system when it comes to the relationships, the people that they value the most in their life and the people that are loyal to them, uh, the people that they have sympathy for, the people that they help get organized and, and, and make them more intelligent, etc. Uh, the people who that they, they, they just do not let go of because their anti-hero just, just wants to be around them and just doesn't let go of those people. It's actually a very interesting thing to watch. And, you know, for an ENTP like myself, it actually can provide healing, which is which is excellent, you know. And I had the opportunity, for example, of having, like, my, my own family, uh, you know, healed in, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, as a result of learning those lessons from INTJs, right, w- which is fantastic. Um, and there's additional lessons there. So like, again, these two types are my favorite because I have learned so much more from INJs than I have any of the other types. You know, like uh, INFJs uh, especially, you know, I've been talking about INTJs, but let's let's look at INFJs. What have INFJs done for me? Like I said, like my, my, my INFJ ex-girlfriends, um, you know, while we had our own struggles, uh, the benefits were still there. She helped me value, you know, living life and enjoying life instead of being a workaholic. That was a big deal. I'm only here because of my INFJ mentor who burned away my, my belief systems by constantly telling me the truth, even though that was a very painful experience. Like some people would claim that's even emotionally or mentally abusive. 
you know, on his part. But at the same time, though, like, I I could see that. But, but honestly, I value the truth because sometimes, you know, when you're in hell and the demons are torturing you, they're just burning the lies away, right? And I had a lot of lies in my life. See, that's the problem with ENTPs. Like, sometimes we put too much faith in our own lies or the lies that other people tell us. And it's just absolutely ridiculous that we do this, right? So we really need that TI child to just kind of provide that additional truth and burn the lies away. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 super important to have that opportunity when people, um, you know, like when we know for a fact that, hey, like the lies are being burned away, right? So I was able to really start walking in truth as a result of knowing my INFJ mentor, you know, and I know, him, you know, my relationship with him uh, these days is, is probably at an all-time low, but I still appreciate him because he still took the time and the effort to mentor me and, you know, as that pedagogue relationship, which we haven't gotten into Socionics yet, which we will in season, season 17, um, uh, the pedagogue relationship with the INFJ between the ENTP is absolutely crucial because we just learn from each other so much. We absolutely learn from each other. Um, now, uh, how, how do someone like me really benefit from like INJs in general? Well, let me tell you, they are the most aesthetically pleasing of all the types. They just are. Like, especially the SI inferior. I'm sorry, like, uh, like SE inferior is the most attractive of all the cognitive functions. So, and, and not only that, no one can outperform these people. Like seriously, no one can outperform them. No one can. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Yes, they procrastinate and yes, they burn out, but no one can outperform these people. I am amazed as to how they can perform in certain areas. Like when you look at uh, Raylene Kawahara um, from Altered Carbon, she's the villain and she's an INTJ woman as a villain uh, in Altered Carbon. And her brother, uh, Takeshi Kovach, who is a, uh, an ESTP, for example, and he's in love with an ENTP known as Kelchrist Falconer, right? And, uh, and Raylene, his sister, actually murders uh, or attempt, like, well, actually, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, murders uh, his ENTP love, for example, right? And then, like, there's, like, all this, like, this drama that, that goes as a result of, of that interaction. But she's an INTJ woman, but she never let go of her brother. And she thought she was morally justified in her actions, even murdering her, her brother's friends so that her brother would, like, be loyal to her. But the thing is, I'm sorry, he's an ESTP. He's not going to be loyal to an INTJ, and she's trying to get him to behave like an ENTP when in reality that's just not going to work. You see what I'm saying? So really, really interesting how that happens. But INTJs and INFJs, from an SC inferior standpoint, no one outperforms them. And she went to the highest heights and the highest lengths to perform that moral... Uh, moral uh, imperative that she had uh, in, in order to force loyalty on the part of her brother because it's like, well, if I eliminate everyone in your life, then you have no choice but to be limit to uh, to uh, be loyal to me. And this, like, it's almost, it almost got to the level where Ray um, in that story of Altered Carbon actually ended up becoming um, like just as bad as like one of those crazy stalkers, you know, sometimes you get in a relationship with somebody and then you break up with them, but they just won't let go. And like, I remember being told uh, recently by an INTJ about a story about how uh, one of uh, their very close friends like uh, was in a relationship with a woman who just wouldn't let go and then she'd like camp out in his yard, you know? And I'm like, whoa, that's a crazy story. But then again, like all of a sudden I start seeing how that 
really parallels to how Raylene's behavior, like, because it was almost like the point of a stalker, uh, how Raylene's behavior in Altered Carbon towards her brother, she just wouldn't let go. And I bet, like, you know, if they were actually in a relationship and they weren't brother and sister, she'd definitely be that woman who's, like, sleeping in the in the, in, the, in his yard after a breakup. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, sometimes... Um, INTJs or even INJs in general just do not know when to let go. Their NI hero just doesn't know when to let go because their NI hero is like, anything is possible for me. I can get anything I want, right? And they're willing to do whatever it takes to actually make that happen. And that's what really makes these two types high performers. Having that super high performance is absolutely unbelievable. No one can outperform an INJ. And no one is more aesthetically pleasing than an INJ. I'm sorry, like when INJs clean up, no one is more attractive than they are. That's a fact, like, I'm sorry, that's a fact. Like, like seriously, it's a fact. So if you're out there and you got performance anxiety from your SE inferior, I'm sorry, like get over yourself. Start aspiring, start learning aesthetics, aesthetica, start learning uh, how to perform, you know, stop procrastinating and actually just, you know, hold yourself to deadlines or get some external human being who's either gonna think less of you or value you less because of lack of performance to put those demands on your life, to put deadlines on you and adhere to those deadlines because then you'll be more productive and you won't be like, you know, cursed by the procrastination that you both have, like that these two types have. You know what I'm saying? No one can outperform you. Like, it's amazing, you know, like, stop doing this whole thing. Well, it's only going to take me four hours to do this thing. So before the deadline, I'm going to do it like five hours beforehand. Like, stop doing that. Like, it's unhealthy behavior. And then, by the way, people who like me who understand that could like social engineer the situation and set you up for failure so that you end up losing your job. If you don't know how that actually happens, you need to watch uh, the most recent season 21 episode, How to Social Engineer INTJs, because I walk you through the uh, techniques on how to manipulate INTJs, basically how to take advantage of them, how to set them up for failure, etc. I do this because it's important that INTJs know that they are aware of these hangups that they have and how they can be taken advantage of. And then also like from that point of view, uh, you know, where that can lead, right? So just be aware of that, right? Um, wow, my allergies are like so bad right now. Gosh, and I like, they're a little bit I mean, my health has been a little bit better these days, but like, dang, the allergies are crazy right now. And, and it's been like kind of raining and whatnot. Then the sunshine comes on, then it rains some more. And it's been very interesting. So but yeah, no one can outperform these two types. So just understand that. Like, I mean, I've been amazed recently, like with how, you know, uh, like INTJs in my life are just like, they consistently outperform everyone. It's like they have something to prove. And it's the only, like if they have to have some great work to show for what they're doing. That way they can prove to themselves that they are high performers because guess what? These two types are afraid of looking like they are not really well at performing. And you know, and that's why INFJs feel worthless and useless all the time because it comes to that performance anxiety as well as FI critic combining together. And INTJs sometimes they just, they question whether or not they're actually intelligent enough to actually complete tasks. So they kind of overcompensate in that area to show that they can do it, right? And they, and they take that very seriously. But then again, because of that performance anxiety, they have, they, both these two types have like some serious abandonment issues. They really need people to be loyal to them, you know? And the thing is though, is that if they're not going to behave like, um, 
loyally to other people, if they're not going to like give trust to, you know, other people in their life, well, then that's going to cause some problems and it's going to cause the people that should be loyal to them to not actually be loyal to them or even be around them because like that's not a very good experience. So then there's like there's some give and take there, right? And those people that they would typically be with are ENPs, let's be honest. So just be aware of that. You know, the responsibility of loyalty is technically on both sides. It's just it's it's just one side of a coin, right? So you can't you cannot expect like uh, in a relationship context or a friendship context or professional context, you know, in terms of loyalty, like if you're not willing to, you know, be trusting with somebody or if you're not willing to be trustworthy uh, or you know, if you're not willing to share in those areas when, when one person is demonstrating that, then the other person needs to demonstrate that as well. The responsibility is on both people, right? And it's no different from, you know, INJs because it's like, okay, yes, you have abandonment issues. All INJs do. That's understandable. It just comes from SE inferior. But then because of that, they both have NE nemesis, which causes people to worry about, you know, which causes INJs to worry about, okay, well, this person's probably going to betray me when one point in time. But that's not even real. And sometimes they have that feeling, even though like that other person's like, okay, well, they don't have a track record of betrayal. And then all of a sudden, like, they're assuming that they betrayed. Now, a really close, um, well, I wouldn't say close, but an INTJ friend of mine uh, who is a woman and, um, and is a business owner um, recently told me something very, very important. Um, and she said... Uh, she um, she said something along the lines of, you know, when when an INTJ woman, for example, uh, breaks up with you or is willing to end the relationship and whatnot, uh, it's not necessarily because of how you're behaving now or because of how you have behaved. It's actually because the INTJ is basically ending the relationship or pulling away from you now because of who they believe you will become. And I'm sorry both INJ types do that because of any nemesis, that's ridiculous. Like, that needs to stop. Stop stop preemptively ending your relationships because of a mistaken belief that you have as a result of NE nemesis paranoia. If the person doesn't have a track record of that behavior and they're not actually doing it to you now and have not done it to you in your relationship, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to do that. And I've been coaching so many INJs through that issue of any nemesis paranoia consistently and it's just like you know there have even been times when I have like said like you might want to do a loyalty check just don't make sure your loyalty check is like way too uh, flamboyant if you're really really insecure about the person but just understand like you can only loyalty check so much and if you over loyalty check if you do it too many times or if your loyalty check is way too big the SI user that is that you're with and who's like loyalty would be like okay well why do I even bother if you're just gonna treat me like this because that's just a sign of a lack of trust right I'm sorry INJ insecurity is really rough in that regard and that's what happens with the inferior and nemesis functions and it gets even worse when they combine because then they have like this worried fear, worried that you're going to betray me, fear that you're going to abandon me, and then I'm going to start loyalty checking you or making these decisions, or I'm not going to trust you, and then as a result of not trusting you, right, I'm going to start making decisions, you know, based on that lack of trust, but then it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy where the SI user is like, okay, well, if I'm going to do the time, I may as well do the crime, or why do I even bother? 
because it doesn't matter what I do. It's always a catch-22. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I say. I am always going to be put in that position. And this behavior is consistent with every INJ I've ever come into contact with. Every INJ, uh, like literally every INJ. And it is a huge hang-up. But here's the difference, folks. This is why they're built for ENPs, because ENPs can take the punishment, right? Like, SI Inferior can take that punishment to just really hold on and, like, tor- and turtle their way, basically, get in the turtle shell, right, and turtle their way through that storm, basically, that any nemesis SE Inferior storm that's created within the soul of the INJ. And then they can, and then all of a sudden, the, um, the SI, NI, uh, inferior and nemesis of the ENP can really weather that storm. And that's even, that's even professionally speaking, uh, like for example, um, like my boss, he's an INTJ. He's fantastic. Like he's, he's like the best boss I've ever had. I am consistently impressed by him over and over and over. And he's very gentle, uh, very, very gentle, uh, with me. And I, and I really appreciate him. Uh, he's a good man, very rational individual. And like he's not afraid to criticize me, uh, and uh, and he'll and he'll hold me to a higher standard, which is great. And he'll put the gun to my head if it needs to be there. But you know, like it's and sometimes I need that. Like don't get me wrong, but like saying you know, and sometimes he gets all stormy in that regard. And then you know, and then I just you know I get through it and whatnot because of endurance provided by SI and then also anti nemesis as well, where I worry about my own future, where I'm insecure about things that I've never done before, etc. But I am able to, like, you know, take the hits and take the hits of the uh, of the uh, NESE storm created within the INJ, right? Those storms happen. and just got to weather the storm, right? Well, it's, it's been great. Like, even on a professional standpoint, like, to be able to do that, it's actually kind of, you know, meeting his need while simultaneously it's meeting my need as well because I'm improving, I'm growing, I'm getting my, my horizons expanded, but then he's not feeling like he's being abandoned, Right much less disrespected, right? So in a professional setting, it's absolutely important. So, you know, shout out to my boss if he actually is watching this, like, or listening to this, because, dude, you, like, are, like, one of the best people I've ever met in my life, and I'm very thankful to be working for you on a, uh, for, you know, on a daily basis. So, that being said, uh, uh, so, um, I guess, like, I mean, I've been talking about various functions without actually calling them out. So let's let's just kind of like go through the functions right now. Then, so, anti hero, okay? Anti hero is very special. Anti hero is like the tip of the spear for our race. It is the, it's like the trailblazer. It can literally get through anything, and it can get through any barrier. Basically, if it wants to break barriers, it can traverse and eventually get through any barrier, any obstacle. It can do it. And this is especially important because when you have SI demon as INJs, SI demon, these two types end up getting the rarest of all the diseases. Why is that? Well, guess what? Uh, um, guess what? Like, and and I hero like it, or SE demon or SI demon, excuse me, SI demon like predisposes the human brain to accept, you know, uh, negative health things and these two types end up having like technically the potentially the worst health of all the types se demon can as well but si demon especially and like uh my my infj uncle who's a fantastic human being by the way he is the man um i probably respect the most uh in my life um he uh he's been through a lot 
and he has his SI demon and his health is just absolutely terrible but then he gets like within an inch of death over and over and over again but it's anti-hero still holding on no I'm not gonna let death claim me and he still makes it through by sheer force of will that's the power of anti-hero anti-hero is literally sheer force of will and let me tell you something folks if you're playing like Magic the Gathering, my favorite card in the entire world is Force of Will. Force of Will, because basically what that means is, is that like on an instant I can counterspell anything that's happening like without actually having to spend, you know, uh, land cards on it and whatnot. But for those of you that like Magic, you'd understand what that means. For those of you who don't know what Magic the Gathering is, that's okay. Force of Will is just a badass card and it's a badass player's move. So... Force of Will is amazing. And that's what Anti Hero is. Anti Hero can literally get through anything, any obstacle. If it wants to, it will. That's the best part of Anti Hero. Anti Hero could just get through anything. Like, uh, and it's because it has this sheer focus. It's this, this, it focuses its willpower and it's like this laser that can cut through mountains. And then when you combine that with Any Hero, the water of the Any Hero, and then the Ni focuses it, it, uh, it literally turns into a water laser and can cut through mountains. It's amazing when you're focusing the Any user through the lens of Ni. And when they combine, there's nothing that can stop them. It's absolute power. It's completely absolute power. It life-changing, world-changing power that comes from that. So, uh, another another, uh, another important aspect of NI, and I kind of forgot what that was. Um, uh, I had it in my head. It'll probably come back to me, but uh, yeah, but like, it could get through anything. It also, like, you, you, like as, as told to me by a, a dead man, I'm quoting my father when I say this, you know, he's like, as told to me by a man who's now dead, you make your own luck. People who claim to make their own luck, guess what? They're anti-hero. Anti-hero could just get through anything. It, um, it's all about what they want. It's all about what they intend. It's it's unbelievable what they're able to do. It's 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 miraculous. Anti-hero is all about being miraculous. And, you know, it's kind of interesting how Jesus Christ, the only man in the history of the world that can really claim uh, to, be, uh, to be resurrected, you know, without like an external source because Lazarus according to the story was was resurrected but he was resurrected by Jesus but Jesus self-resurrected right <laughs> and it's like that NI hero was able to break past the barriers of the abyss of the grave or however you call it um or uh or hell I guess I I have no idea like what the actual uh translated names for that would be but like but but death in its own right like NI hero you know, in the context of Jesus Christ, still conquered death itself. That's how powerful anti-hero is, folks. Like, anti-hero is amazing, you know. We've read the documents, folks. We, 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 we've read the documents. And the documents said, you know, uh, Jesus Jesus got through. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry, Alex Jones impression there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but parent functions, things get a little bit different. TE parent TE parent is like very concerned about its status, its reputation, how the people think of it. Um, sometimes it leads to I, the INTJ attempting to save face. Uh, they often think that like, you know, people are actually actively thinking about them when in reality, no one cares. Like literally no one cares um, about uh, what, like 
it's funny watching TE users think that, you know, oh, so many people are thinking about me, my reputation. They care so much about reputation and when they have to realize, like, no one cares. And here's the thing, too, like, negative publicity, negative coverage, negative, negative reputation a lot of times actually has the opportunity of providing even more attention and more popularity to the person, to the TE user. So they should be less afraid of, uh, you know, having the negative publicity because if they lash out as a result of having that negative publicity, it actually makes them look foolish when the wise thing is, is just roll with it. And uh, then they actually, then people end up respecting them a little bit more. It's kind of interesting how that works. TE parent is insanely organized. They're very good at outward mathematics, whereas TI child of the INFJ is very good at inward mathematics. Uh, so like, so TE users, they, they can write out all the math formulas on paper and they can handle that, but a TI child can't do that. TI child has to do all the mathematic calculations in their head and then just write down the answer. They can't mentally like put in, uh... wow, these people like almost got into a wreck. That's pretty rough. LOL. Luckily they didn't. Um, anyway, uh, so like, so yeah, TE parents also aware of what everyone is thinking. It's very process oriented. It's all, it's very systematic. Uh, you know, you look at Frank Avignale, you know, how he chooses a social engineer. He doesn't social engineer people or hack people. He hacks systems, uh, systems, processes, rules, regulations, principles that people have developed. And he uses those processes and those rules to his advantage, basically, because those are easily hacked, even though they're constructs created by mankind or created by human beings. Guess what? He's able to handle all of those things um, and uh, handle it in such a way where you know people are hacked as a result of that. So yeah, um, so yeah, T parent, FE parent, a little bit different. FE, this is how like they're different here. Um, FE parent is all about social responsibility. Um, whereas, oh, by the way, INTJs are all about uh, referential responsibility. It's all about reference points. It's all about data, drilling into the data. It's what really makes them brilliant, extroverted thinking parents. They're just unbelievably brilliant, formulaic. Uh, they really understand data and how to uh, derive uh, information and value from data that helps them make amazing decisions, uh, helps them see the value of things, uh, how to uh, price things appropriately. It really helps them in terms of business and management, like project management, for example. Uh, INTJs are just absolutely brilliant in this area, especially when they read, they get even stronger as a result of reading uh, consistently, which is also pretty awesome if you think about it as well. And then uh, you have uh, FE parent with uh, INFJs. An extroverted feeling parent is about being socially responsible. Uh, it's also about like protecting others. It's trying to reach a level of fairness, uh, social fairness for other people. I don't know how many INFJs who are social justice warriors that I've met, but uh, they definitely get in there because they're FE parent. And every parent is all about like this high level of caring for other people, making people feel good consistently. Although this kind of can backfire because of the presence of FI critic, the INFJ ends up like feeling worthless and useless all the time. You know, they're trying to prove usefulness. Both these types need feedback, especially INFJs. They need positive feedback from other people, that FI feedback, that FI recognition. Whereas a TE user within an INTJ, they're, they're trying to seek credit because they want to increase their status, increase their credibility. Credibility is everything to an INTJ and they can be really selfish about their credibility in as much as an INFJ can be selfish about their recognition. Um, being selfish with recognition is, is a problem uh, for, gosh, the sun's coming out. 
and my nose is itching like mad. Like I got like some big red nose thing going on. I'm like literally Rudolph the uh, red nose Joseph. You know, see what I'm saying? Uh, so, wow. So yeah, Effie Parent's all about how other people feel. Uh, it's very empathic. It's trying. It literally feels other people's feelings. They're able to absorb the feelings of others, etc. It also holds them to like a, it holds the INFJ like a really high social standard. Um, and then uh, they have TI Child. TI Child is absolutely brilliant. A lot of people think that you know INFJs are stupid. They're not. TI Child is absolutely brilliant. Uh, it is the purest form of logic of all the types. Uh, and I would say it's even more pure than potentially the ISFJ TI child because I, ISFJ has to look at things through their own filter with SI, um, with SI Hero based on their own experience, whereas that's not as big of a deal uh, when coming from the INFJ. INFJ does not have that issue as much um, because, uh, you know, they have that SE external, uh, you know, anything can happen. What's happening right now, it's very new, right? Whereas the ISFJ is a little bit old, so their logic can kind of be old or outdated. Whereas the INFJ, it's always fresh. It's always fresh logic, which is why, in my opinion, the TI child of the INFJ is probably the most unadulterated logic that exists within all the 16 types. And it's no wonder that Jesus Christ is an INFJ, you know what I'm saying? Because if he's speaking the truth, you know, then the way that he's speaking the truth is the most important approach because it's like the most unadulterated form of logic that's within the, uh, the corrupt human system, as it were. Um, so, gosh, this is like terrible. Holy smokes. Let's see here, see if we can get something, get some air going. So this is like not so terrible. Ah, wow, that's a nice uh, advertisement for a knife. I like knives. Um, anyway, uh, and uh, TI Child is all about like, like both these types can get pretty cocky because that's the inferior, right? They, they have something to prove. And so they can prove to themselves that they're not as badly performing as they're afraid they are. But the, the truth is INJs perform better than everybody else. They absolutely perform better than everybody else. Then there's the FI child of the INTJ, which is the most unadulterated form of the, the least corrupt form of morality, which I've seen. Uh, they're very, very moral. The problem is, is that their morals can get stuck with incorrect beliefs because... If they, if they listen to things, they, they set up standards with their, uh, their TE uh, parent, they hear what people say, they read various books and whatnot, their morals can be corrupted over time and their morals could just basically be like bad morals, like, like in, inept or incapable morals. Whereas the ethics of an INFJ through FE parent can also be corrupted because if they're, what they think is logically true, if it has the incorrect input ahead of time and that logical tree is wrong ahead of time, well, then they could be corrupted. And they could, because here's the problem, NFJs have this issue, if they're around bad people, they too will become bad. That's why I constantly tell them, hey, you're gonna mirror people, right? Just like how the uh, INTJ, if they're around stupid people, they themselves will become stupid, right? So INTJs have the burden of keeping smart people around them at all times, whereas the INFJ has the burden of keeping good people around them at all times, because if they don't, well, there's the chance for corruption. And the INTJ's mind can be corrupted if they're around bad people, and then the uh, INFJ's heart can be corrupted if they're around uh, bad people. Um, like INTJ's mind being corrupted if they're around stupid people, and like their intelligence will like literally erode away the INTJ intelligence. This is why it's so important for both of these types to be around the right people. And we've seen, uh, 
Like I like I said earlier, INTJs need to have human relationships, and they need to have relationships with quality people, people who are intelligent, uh, people who uh, are very uh, like they're going places and whatnot. That people who are driven. Um, those are really important to INTJs because that really helps set the bar and the standard for INTJs to move forward, right? And uh, and then it keeps them sharp. It keeps them intelligent, right? Well, it's no different from like the heart of the INFJ. The INFJ needs to be around good moral people in order for themselves to stay moral. They are not moral even of their own right. So we already talked about any nemesis, uh, paranoia, and how that paranoia, that the assumption of betrayal. Uh, you know, from, from people in their life because they have those abandonment issues from the SE Inferior. SE Inferior really, really needs loyalty more than anything else and they're, and they're afraid that people are going to leave them or not want to be around them or that they're afraid that the contributions that they make to others is not going to be worth anything to those other people or that they're not going to be, you know, valued or validated, etc. because they need that external validation. And then they have that any nemesis is like, well, I'm worried that this person's just going to betray me anyway, regardless of what I do, which can create or lead to that self-fulfilling prophecy. Both INJs do this, watch out. Now their critic functions a little bit different. What's really nice about the INTJ is that while they're very belief focused with their beliefs of NTE parent, and their beliefs are literally principles, principles and rules and processes that they've set up uh, over time. It's their form of thinking. Um, at least their TI critic will verify and demand verification of those beliefs because they can't just believe anything without verifying and validating that it's actually true because they want their beliefs to match the truth. They want their TE parent to match what's actually true. So the TI critic will go out of their way to verify it, which is absolutely amazing that they do this. Uh, I, I'm very thankful that they do this, which is absolutely fantastic. However, the trade-off for that is because of their FE trickster. FE trickster causes the INTJ to just not be aware of social issues and then it causes them to commit social faux pas. They're completely um, oblivious to that. That's one huge difference between them and INFJs. INFJs don't really commit social faux pas because they're FE parent unless they're corrupted. If they're around bad people who commit social faux pas, then the INFJ will commit social faux pas. And as much as the INTJ, if they're around stupid people, the INTJ will behave unintelligently. So that's an issue. Every trickster is just unaware of social rules, social norms, social interaction, social cues, etc., which is very typical, you know. And then the uh, the TE trickster of the INFJ, well, guess what? That allows them to believe just about anything. I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, INFJs talk about spirits or metaphysical things that are completely unverifiable, but they believe it so, so importantly, right? They, they believe it so hardcore that they're not going to let go of it, right? And that's something that I've noticed is consistent with INFJs. They're like the most spiritual of all the types, but that's because, guess what? They're the weakest to believing just about anything. INFJs, because statistically cult leaders come from ENFPs when they're all about that culture that they create. And I'm quoting Russell Brunson when I say that. If you don't know who Russell Brunson is, he's an ENTP. He uh, wrote .com secrets and expert secrets. Read those books if you're a business person. Um, pretty interesting form of marketing. Um, but uh, the T trickster, um, INFJs have this problem where they can believe about anything. And while their TI child is there to verify and they verify other people's beliefs, their beliefs need to like, you need, they need TE users, proper TE users, TE child, TE and inferior and above basically to tell the INFJ, hey, your beliefs are actually incorrect. You know, and here's the reference material that shows why your beliefs are incorrect. Well, ISFJs have this problem too. And that was, that's what puts ISFJs at risk of putting their faith into lies, putting their faith in the wrong thing. 
while ENTPs have that problem too, ENTPs can put their faith in the wrong thing. And that's one of the ways that both those two types can be taken advantage of or social engineered. Well, INFJs can be social engineered in that regard as well because they have the problem where they can believe just about anything. Their FI critic, it's never, another difference between them and INTJs. It's what causes them to feel bad about themselves, like they're not worthy enough, like they're not good enough, um, like uh, they, uh, they're not useful enough. That's why they're all, they feel worthless. They're trying to always be the most useful person, the most useful tool in the tool shed. The INTJ also wants to be the most useful person in the tool shed, but it's from the standpoint of credibility. They want to appear credible. Whether or not they're actually credible or not, that's another thing, but they want to at least look like they're credible. Whereas the INTJ wants, or the INFJ wants to actually be useful in that regard. It's not about credibility or having the reputation of being good. They want to actually have the proof and the social proof of being good and effective. That's why INFJs get stuck playing video games because all they care about is that leaderboard and they're doing League of Legends or their stats and they're playing World of Warcraft uh, and whatnot because stats are everything to an INFJ. Stats are everything to an INTJ as well. INJs, they have that SE inferior. They have to have something to show for their hard work and they take stats incredibly seriously because they want to be the best. They want to be the very best, like that Ash Ketchum point of view from Pokemon, you know, the best Pokemon master ever. Like, that's literally like these two types. They want to be the best Pokemon master. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, we already talked a little bit about SI Demon. And SI Demon can show up when people are being disloyal to them, when people are abandoning them, that demon comes out and then they, or at least they perceive, because these two types, these two types can become very indignant. And indignance basically means, you know, behaving negatively as a result of perceiving unfair treatment, right? They are perceiving that they're being abandoned or they're perceiving that someone is being disloyal to them or will be disloyal to them. So then their demon comes out and elects themselves judge, jury, and executioner. Their SI demon comes out and then all of a sudden they're just making quick decisions even though they don't have all the facts or all the information as to, or the context, right? With these two types, context is king. You need to be providing additional context so that they can make proper decisions. Otherwise, because their movement, they're gonna make with anti-hero fast decisions and you never even got your day in court. It's especially interesting and hypocritical because INFJs require that you listen to their TI child regardless if they're incorrect or correct. And they always have to have their day in court but then they're really quick to throw you uh, throw you out and into the uh, the dungeon or into the pit or into the guillotine and chop your head off even though you haven't had your day in court. It's, it's one of their hypocrisies, something to watch out for. INTJs, you know, like, they some, sometimes they'll listen, sometimes they won't. It just kind of depends on what their mood is, right? Their mood impacts, you know, how they make that decision. If they're already in a bad mood and they already suspect that you're about to abandon them, or that you are disloyal to them, or they have proof of that, or they're they're putting their because they'll because their their heads will fill in the gaps automatically. Both these types do this, where like their any nemesis is like, well, I see this like this might be a pattern. I'm going to fill in the gaps here. And that's a really bad pattern, even though they don't have like a really bad pattern of behavior, even though they don't have all the information or even the entire context. And then they assume something bad is happening, and then they make decisions based on that assumption. And then, and then they go judge during executioner with their SI demon, with their ISFJ demon, and then they get in my face about it, and it's like, well, yeah, but have you considered this, this, and this? Well, no, but then it looks bad. I'm like, just because it looks bad or it seems bad does not necessarily mean it actually is what's happening, by the way. You can't do that to people. 
like INJs, like seriously, stop doing that to people. Like people are not as bad as you think they are. And I get that you both are perfectionists. Both these types are super mega perfectionist, but like that's not okay. Like no one else can live up to your standards of perfection. And oftentimes it's very off-putting. Let me tell you something, especially when it comes to loving INJs, ENPs uh, who are built for INJs, ENFPs who are built for INFJs, they are trying to seek out perfections. And the ENFPs, they fall in love with the perfections that they find within the INFJs. ENTPs, that's not how it works. ENTPs fall in love with the flaws that they find in their INTJ because the ENTP looks at the INTJ and they're like, wow, this person is like literally perfect already, but I want to find the flaws and I want to love and nurture and care for those flaws. The ENTP falls in love with the flaws of the INTJ. The ENFP falls in love with the perfections they find within the INFJ. So remember that, like INTJs out there, be willing to share your flaws, especially with your like ENTP lover out there. Like seriously, be willing to share with your flaws, like because your flaws are actually is what makes you beautiful or handsome or respectable. Those and because when they find those flaws, it's like wow, you're able to live with those flaws and still be basically almost perfect in spite of those flaws. That's amazing and that's really beautiful to an ENTP, right? INFJs, you know, like. While you see, while you feel and seem insanely flawed, you actually do have some perfections within you, and just focus on those strengths. Build up those those strengths. Those strengths are everything. Build up those perfections and really perfect your craft, perfect yourself, right? So understand that that's a huge difference between you know the INFJ and the INTJ, right? Whereas like the INTJ and the I's the ENTP, you're already perfect, but you have these few things here and there. But I love those few little flaws about you. Whereas it's the other way around with the INFJ, right? Just something to consider if, you know, with folks being in INJ, ENP relationships, it's absolutely crucial. You know, just be aware of that, you know. Don't be, don't, don't allow your SE inferior insecurity to get in the way of you having relationships, friendships, professional, being in a professional situation. You have to understand, you guys already by default outperform everybody else anyway by default. It's literally by default. You already do. But you're afraid that you don't. Stop being afraid. You already outperform. You already are the most aesthetically pleasing of all the types. You're the most attractive of all the types. You're already there. You already have it. You just have to apply yourself. <coughs> and by applying yourself, you reach those highest heights that no one else can reach. And ENPs like me admire that. We admire that about you INJs. We absolutely admire it. We love it. We are loyal to it. But do not let your fear and your insecurity determine your decisions. Do not let your fear and your insecurity get in the way of you trusting people. (coughs) The virtue of the INTJ is to be trusting. Use it. It's okay. You don't have to be trusting to everybody, just the precious few. And then like don't, and then obviously INFJs have good people around you. Like invest in the people around you that you know are always going to be there for you. Part of your wolf pack. That's who you are. That's who you need to be. Okay? Like, do this, folks. INJs, in my opinion, <coughs> you are the most precious of all the types. I love all of you. Deeply. You're very, very precious to me. You know, and, and just understand, like, the world's not going to change without you, folks. You guys are the tip of the spear. You guys are anti hero. We need you. Like, I start the process, Right? just as Nagato started the process for Naruto, or John the Baptist started the process for Jesus, or Socrates started the process for Plato, right? 
the finishers at the end of the day get all the credit, all the recognition, right? I'm just a starter. I can't change the world without you INJs. I need you to be there on the cross saying it is finished, okay? I need you INJs to rise and rise to your abilities and be the anti-hero, the tip of the spear for our race to change our race forever and ever, for the better. I can't do it without you. I can only start the process, but I need you to, to finish the process, okay? Get over your performance anxiety, damn it. Stop being paranoid, okay? Surround yourself with intelligent people. Surround yourself with good people and become better versions of yourselves. We cannot do this without you, okay? We cannot. <coughs> All right. Well, if you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, whatnot, uh, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and also on the podcast. If you want to get access to our private lectures where we're talking about romantic compatibility right now, become a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash csjoseph. Definitely get into that. Uh, we got t-shirts for sale, I think. Uh, <coughs> we're working on some amazing written content that we're getting out to you guys very soon. Uh, our meetup group has exploded in, in popularity. It's absolutely amazing. We're servicing the Sacramento and the Bay Area uh, these days. I'm very thankful to have that opportunity uh, to, to, uh, to be there and be a part of that. I'm just amazed consistently by the meetup group and all the quality discussions we've been able to have. Uh, would love to see you there. And uh, also for those of you... Uh, who are out there, like, just, uh, you know, show up. It'd be fantastic to have you, for sure. Also, if you want to get into the uh, Q&A live streams, uh, get your questions on Discord, go to csjoseph.live forward slash social to get on our Discord server and go through that entire process to get your questions in. Jab and I will answer your questions every week. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of stuff going on. we got many more lectures coming out, and I'm going to be doing Season 22, which is the Cognitive Transitions lectures, and those will be made available only through email. So go to csjoseph.life, wait 30 seconds on the front page. The little call to action uh, box will pop up. Put in your email. You get a copy of the type grid, and then uh, you're in to receive those lectures via email. I think I'm going to be filming one of them today, uh, mostly because my team is uh, hounding me to do it, uh, and God bless them. So... Any of you folks, we 